Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds Special Sunday Check-In. I'm Dan. I'm Sheila. And, uh, I mean, what, what do you want me to say? The war is on our mind. The world is on our mind. And we thought, hey, this is a good way to process, decompress. And if your our, our beloved listener is having some trouble with what's going on too, maybe... Uh, we can help talk you through some of this, and I'm not going to say it's not that bad, because it is really bad, but listening to people talk about it in, I think, a pretty grounded way is going to help me, you know, to talk this through. It's going to help her, and maybe it helps you too. And if not, well, if you're not up for, you know, an hour of ethical theory and, <laughs> you know, gaming out international politics... We'll be back here next week for more Wise Guy and Vincenzo. So, you know, it's fine. We'll see you there. Yeah, uh, yeah. But for anyone who wants to stick around, you know, let's get to it. Yeah, well, I think one of the one of the problems, one of the reasons it started too was that there we are trying to still like because we try to do our podcasts ahead of time. Yep. So that we've always got backups just in case something happened. Yeah. Every and now and then we've had like two weeks where we couldn't record and we don't want people to get left hanging. Yeah. And what happened? So, of course, what has happened is that this thing in Ukraine is just a disaster. And yep. somehow or another, and particularly the, the last, there were two episodes of something that we were recording and we just went, oh, we have a tendency to talk about everything else. Yeah. Right, rather than rather than talk about what a what a disaster those particular two episodes were. You'll hear about it in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, and so, and where are you going to go? The only place you're going to go these days is Ukraine. So yep, it's gonna. We're just going to start talking about what's in the news, and what's in the news is Ukraine, the war in Ukraine. Yes, and things like. Um, you know, people complaining about gas prices, then I'm going, okay, I can't do much about the war in Ukraine. All I can do is pay my $2 in gas a liter yeah. if I have to. Now I don't have to yet. It's about, a, you can get it for about $1.76 a liter in, yeah. uh, in Sault Ste. Marie. For our American listeners, that's one quarter of a gallon. Well, it's, oh yeah, it's even, Yes. Yeah, you know, a liter uh, is one quarter of a gallon. You guys down there call it a quart because it's a quarter of a gallon. But uh, yes, we call well, it a liter it because it's we have a sane measurement system. Well, we have about five liters. There's about five liters in a gallon. So no, it's like 3.8 something. Oh, okay. Yeah. The other way around. Yeah, exactly. Never mind. Whatever way it is, we're paying. We're still paying a hell of a lot more for our gasoline than you are yours. Oh, Absolutely. If you don't take into consideration, I don't know what the state of the American to the Canadian dollar is. All I know is the ruble has tanked. Yeah, has it ever. And fundamentally, uh, this is the thing that's going to be uh, really tough for some people to listen to. And this is this is what I want everybody to get ready for, because this war could drag on for a while, like a while, a while. Uh, because the, and this is upsetting to hear, and I know that, but the goal of NATO and the United States is not to help Ukraine. I mean, they, 
the people want to help Ukraine, the leader, uh, leadership might want to help Ukraine, but the strategic goal here is not for this to be over quickly. The strategic goal for NATO and the West generally is to drag this war out as long as possible because every day the war goes on, Russia's prospects get a lot worse. Like every day the war drags on, the Russian economy gets worse, the Russian people are less happy, Russia loses prestige on the world stage, Russia looks less competent. The longer this drags on, the worse it gets for Russia. And right now, we're at a phase where we don't know, we're starting to figure out what the next 50 years of international conflicts are going to look like. You know, the quote-unquote new Cold War with China and India and Russia and who's on what side. And the goal right now for the West generally is to make sure that Russia doesn't have a place in that fight, like isn't a player at all. And Russia idiotically you know, gave the West the biggest, like, made this god-awful mistake in trying to invade Ukraine. And now they're just going to be left to bleed. Coincidentally, I was just listening to a podcast about uh, the French Revolution, and this is going to be a the attack on Spain type of situation from the French Revolution. Like this unforced error that just costs them lives and money over and over and over again and just is an impediment to every other thing they're trying to do. Like this was a disastrously bad strategic move from Putin because he thought that, and I mean, I don't know who was telling him that they were gonna be able to do this, but the idea was that it was gonna be just like Crimea. He was gonna go in and in two days he was gonna have the whole country and then everyone else would just have to go along with it. Like they would just have to accept that this is the new normal and move the pieces around the board based on that. But that's not what's happening. Okay, now to put some of this into context. Yeah. Okay, because I don't, I, I think you're being if, too cynical. Or, no, what I, would, what I would want to say is that before Russia invaded Ukraine, yeah. I agree yeah. that the, the the global strategy on the part of NATO countries, mm -hmm. right, probably was to just corral Russia. Yeah. Right? Just to keep it, trying to keep it away. Once he invaded, it complicated matters because at one level, I mean, that was the reason, okay, let's go back here. This is one of the reasons why Ukraine wasn't made a part of NATO. Yeah, they want yeah. to be part of NATO. They wanted it. There's no reason really for them anymore not to be part of NATO, except for what you were talking about right at the beginning. Yeah, now, yeah. the problem is once Russia invaded, it, it just... Everybody was, look, everybody was dumbfounded, including one of my Ukrainian students yeah. that, you know, like we were talking about it on Wednesday night and that he's going to do this and all of this sort of stuff. And she was really worried, but we were all talking, we were talking about this. Neither one of us thought that when we woke up Thursday morning, day, yeah. he would have already invaded Ukraine. Yeah. We were still talking in terms 
of because and partly because of course Putin was saying no I'm not going to and no yes I'm amassing these but we're just having these uh, war games things we remove an entire fifth of our uh, of all of our forces and encircle as much as we can a state that we've been threatening for a decade you know that kind of war game oh my god well, here, but here's the, and here's the thing, the, the real, but the problem is now is that what Putin is trying to, now, I think that the next level is, okay, I'm going to do this and force NATO to fire first. Yeah. So that I can blame NATO for starting World War III. NATO doesn't want to work, start World War III. Yeah. What they want to do is stop Russia, but it's how do you stop Russia? Um, and one has to understand that in 2000, back in 2014, right, um, it was a problem. Crimea was, was a problem and nobody, everybody was just, oh, well, it's just Crimea. Crimea, and that's yeah. Crimea and it's wrong, you know, and then there's this little, and I tell you, if he had just stayed with those little states that he claims Everybody in the Donbass Russia. and the other one, yeah, Donbass, yeah, and lives who lives there is mostly Russian, and they want to be part of Russia anywhere. I think that they he could would, have gotten away with it. He probably could have gotten away with that. Yeah, right, and then just dragged out whether or not Ukraine is going to become part of NATO, which is the big thing. He says he doesn't want Ukraine to become part of NATO. You know, he's got it in his head. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it, except that you all of a sudden NATO is going, well, I guess you can't trust Russia, period. Yeah. Now, I mean, P Russia and Putin are one and the same at this moment. And, and this is like I had my other, I had a, a student who's Russian and like it was really weird, this thing she showed me and I was very upset and thought, how am I going to, how am I going to handle this? I've written a post on it on, on my uh, Facebook page. I refuse right. to get it on my Facebook page. Um, and, uh, you know, it was really problematic. And because, of course, it was one of these, she only watches, like, from my perspective, I thought she only watches Russian news feed, yeah. stuff like that. Because, like her, she gets by in English, she gets by in everything. Um, but I think that that's basically what it is because Friday she came in and she was upset because she had been talking to her sister and her sister told her that Russia, that Russia had invaded and was bombing Kiev. And she was, it was like, this was the first time it's been going on for two weeks. And this is the first time she's hearing about it. She's hearing about it. Yeah. Mm. Really? You know, she just thought everything was still the same as it was, yeah. given what she was reading, right? And, you know, this was devastating. You've got all of these Russians getting the hell out of Moscow and the northern parts of Russia in a train into Finland. Yep. You know, because they're afraid of what's going to happen. So there are people who know. Oh, yeah. But there are also the the problems of 
Um, and it was on CNN, this, this Russian man. And he was, because he set up a website now to say how to talk to your Russian relatives. Jesus. He said, because they don't know anything. But he, um, of course, this has been happening. And he tried to get a hold of his father. And his father wasn't calling him or anything else. He finally got a hold of his father. And his father says, oh, hi. Nice to hear from you. How's it going? How's the job? his father's got no idea. Yeah. And he said, we're at war. No, you're not at war. That's just propaganda from America. And, and, his, and his son is telling him there are bombs dropping around me. Yep. And, and his, he can't hear it. And his father says, no, there aren't. <laughs> and I'm going, if you want to know the power of propaganda... Yeah. Of only one view and why one news source, one world, uh, yeah, like one official yeah, statement. Yeah, it's dangerous. It is, it is if you only get your news from one source, yeah, you are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. This and in places like Russia, of course, right now, that's it. Yep. And you know, unless you are really, really, really tax heavy and can, you yep. know, get set up around. VPNs and whatnot. Yeah. And figure out how to get around it. You're going to get no other news. Yeah. And I think, and Discord is one of the few places. And there was this one other place. Well, I got people- friends in Russia and literally like Discord is the only place I can get in touch with them now. You know, yeah, everything and- is, everything is closed off. Well, and yes, and all the money is sent down, right? Yep. All the money is shut down. You can't get money to Russia. Mm-hmm. You can't get money out of Russia. And even if you send money in, even if you were able to, they can't take money out, any kind of dollars out of the bank, except for rubles. Yep. That is, of course, the internal response. Um, the oil, The oil thing is is definitely a big problem i mean i and it's not it's really hard when you're talking to ukrainian people and people who have friends in ukraine canada is the largest ukrainian diaspora in the world Mm -hmm. yeah and that's uh, why hell and ottawa where i live has a huge ukrainian community that's why you know you can't go 10 feet without finding a place to buy pierogies well, this is this is what I laughed about. Somebody said something to me about, well, I didn't know there were that many Ukrainians. And I'm going, I said, so you don't understand that when you go to the Ukrainian Orthodox Church and you buy your pierogies? <laughs> <laughs> because they have a kitchen in there and they sell them right now, you know. But, but I mean, it's standard and it's right across from one of the bigger Roman Catholic now it's an elementary school. It used to be a high school. Right. Now it's just this huge conglomerate um, elementary school. But it's right across the street from, from that particular place. I'm going, we've got this great big, huge domed Ukrainian Orthodox church in Sault Ste. Marie. And you're yeah. going, didn't oh. no pierogies were Ukrainian? <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, you can, yeah. you can find no name cheese-filled Ukrainian you know, potato and bacon. <laughs> like literally I go to the store, chemo brand, Ukrainian heavy on the garlic, you know, pierogies <laughs> mass produced. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like it is part of our national cuisine. Yeah. Pierogies. It's a big part of our natural cuisine. You know? Everybody eats pierogies. Not not terribly good for you if you're worrying about cholesterol. Cause well, you no. Because, well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, as long as you don't fry them, they're fine. <laughs> yeah, but. But who doesn't fry a pierogi? I know. Who doesn't fry a pierogi? Yeah. I can't imagine eating Boiled, pierogi. boiled pierogies. Well, it is a valid way to serve them. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, well, you could bake them, I suppose. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I've never had a baked pierogi, but you know. Uh, no, but it's like we we are surrounded by, you know, Ukrainian culture and always have been. Like, it's a big part of Canada. Yeah, it really is and has been for ages and ages and ages. So, yeah, like we know all these people and we're around these people. It's... It's fascinating. And so obviously, you know, it's like I know people who have uh, who have endangered loved ones right now. You know, yeah. and they, they tell me it's terrifying for oh, their like what they're I mean, obviously, it's terrifying for them. But I'm saying they tell me that it's, it's terrifying what their relatives are going through. It's just a nightmare over there right now. Well, because you're phoning every day. Yeah, exactly. To try and stay in touch. Make no, sure they're still alive. I mean. Yeah. You know, I mean, oh, that's, have you been bombed yet? You yeah. know, because you don't know, because what's coming is indiscriminate bombing. And mm -hmm. the thing about satellite imagery now, un yeah. unlike 20 and 30, say 30 years ago, say the first Iraq war. Yeah. And there was a lot of misinformation about uh, Iraq and Kuwait yeah. and Iraq's invasion of Kuwait, Kuwait, Kuwait. right? Um mm -hmm. And uh, that came out, you know, and it, it was, it was Western propaganda now okay. because people wanted to believe things, you know, and the, uh, well, as I say, the best thing, but right in those days, you didn't have these massive satellites and drone watching everything all the time, watching everything. Now you can watch everything. Mm -hmm. And that, that Iraq war was the first time that, yeah. that we watched all of those missiles. Actually hitting things, yeah. yeah actually On hitting. the nightly news. And it was, it was you know, the fetishization of war. Yeah. It was, it was horrendous then what it was doing. It, but... What it did do is to tell you, you can target. Like there is no need for this indiscriminate bombing that the Russians are doing, except that they obviously don't have the hardware. Oh no, it's a choice. No, we'll no, say. they have the hardware. But they could target. They could. Ta they don't have to target civilian areas. Well, the thing is, um, you can use, uh, right now what they're doing is they are bombarding these cities with two things. One are multiple launch rocket systems, and that is just a truck with a bunch of rockets on it. These rockets are not particularly well guided. You can fire them in a direction, and they will basically fire in direction they will hit. And, you know, that's that. And then they're firing with artillery. And the artillery, again, you got a pretty good sense of where it's going, right? But yeah. you're generally hitting an area. Yeah. And that's all you care about. Now, they have accurate guided missiles. They have those. They're not using them, right? They have both the equivalent of um, America's Tomahawks, and they have 
planes that can fly right now when they're like dropping bombs from planes they're going nice and low so they kind of hit what they're shooting at they have planes that can fire like missiles that will hit exactly what they want to but the general consensus right now is they're holding on to those in case they have to fight nato and and what i would say is that and it this causes a lot more terror it does for the ukrainians who are there and I mean, the, the idea, I mean, we're talking now terror, and this gets us mm-hmm. in some ways to what started me thinking about was, this. Thinking about all of this is this idea of terrorizing people. And, and I mean, the latest news, maybe, okay, maybe, but apparently the head of the FSB, which is the Latest, State security spy agency is the old is the is the the new KGB branding yes the rebranding of the KGB yeah um, that the head and his deputy have been arrested because Putin blames them for the war not going so badly now we'll wait and see for further confirmation yeah. of, but this so could just far, this could just be a story like we don't well, know for a it, fact it, that this is happening is coming from two sources sources that follow and okay. from in internal people who are in the FSB so okay. there is some reliability to that and it would make sense because as you say he thought he could it would be just like Crimea he'd walk in and it would be a done deal and there was nothing anybody could do this is not Hungary in yeah. 1956, this is not Czechoslovakia yeah. in 1968. And not Romania. No, you know, well, I mean, there was all of these, but it was that Hungary rebelled. Yeah. Czechoslovakia yeah. wanted out. And they just and they rolled in the tanks. They yeah. did, did there what they are doing to Ukraine. Yep. And at that point... You know, in 56, it's one thing. In 68, the problem is, is that there has been such a division. I mean, Canada has now started talking, probably talking more seriously about beefing up NORAD again. Yep. Because, you know, our own network of anti, uh, like our own network of sensors going to make sure Russian planes can't sneak over the North Pole. Yeah, and that was there, but everything got kind of phased out because we thought we were over. in a world. We thought we were in a world, particularly when basically, you know, whatever they, what did they call it? Glasnost? Glasnost, uh, yeah. Yeah, when, when Russia just said, okay, you know, enough is enough. <laughs> you guys do what you want. Yep. Uh, I, I'll just lay it like that. And um, it, that did not make vladimir putin happy and so he played the long game and this is where the long game has ended Mm -hmm. 30 years later um but you had sort of glasnost and you're getting a new world order this was the idea um so you didn't really need all that much to name you know you didn't need nato all that much i mean the u.s was you know eh, about nato and i mean or Trump. I'm not even talking Trump, right? No, they, they are, America was already not, you know, that committed well, to NATO. France and Germany and, and all of these countries are going, well, we don't really need to have all of this military. Canada as well. I mean, we did it too. 
a lot of Nor NORAD was, you know, and I don't think the US was all that upset about it, that was kind of mothballed. It can be unmothballed, right? It's oh, not yeah. destroyed them because they're in the middle of all of these stations are in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But this takes, and this was part of my problem in the beginning. It mm -hmm. was really hard because what it took me a while to understand that part of my reaction was literally, um, you can't call it PTSD, okay? Because, <laughs> no, but, but at, like, I don't know the name for, I was small yeah. when Hungary was invaded. Yeah. But I can remember stress and I can remember tension. You can just remember around. And what I said, I said, I'm glad my mother isn't alive to see this. This would terrify her. Right. Um, you know, because she went through. She, you know, I mean, Germany just walked into Holland like it walked into Belgium. Yeah. Occupied. And um, so it is. And then, but 68, I remember. Boy, right. do I remember 68. And it was horrible. And but it was still, you know, that was still the Iron Curtain still existed. Yeah. Okay. Like it wasn't like it is today where, you know, people were just going back and forth, you know, from that, you know, from the USSR, right? Oh, remember absolutely. That is the United Socialist States. Soviet republics. Soviet republics. Yeah. United Soviet Socialist Republics. Socialist Republics. And in Russian, it's CCCP. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just in case... Fun fact, the P at the end is what means Russia. Mm -hmm. mm. I don't really yeah. know how Cyrillic works, but I do know that much. Well, yes. Well, Cyrillic... Uh, hey, you have no... I, you have no idea when you get a... When you get a... a dump, some, a, two T's, but... It, it, most of the t oh r most of the yeah. time an r in korea sounds like an r except right. ra sounds like la ask me yeah, why you think cyrillic's bad let me introduce you to korean to korean right anyway I, but away from that um and i it was it took me a while to yeah. figure out that there was this like personal feeling thing that well, I was this echoes of all of the, the your childhood stuff about the Cold War. Yeah, Look, we had, still in your head. Yeah, I mean, we had air raids, yeah, drills. We had drills about what to do if bombs hit, and yeah. all of that is in your psyche. This is what happened when we went to school, and believe me, they upped them during the Hungarian invasion. Well, I'm sure. You know, and, and NORAD, like I can, you can just still see the little, the little things. We had all these explanations about how NORAD worked, little <laughs> NFB films, right? About yep. how NORAD works in the school system. Yeah. They're all, they were all in eight millimeter in those days. Um, you get out the projector and it's like, here's how our early warning system about, uh, you know, works. incoming so missiles or bombers to... works. Yeah. So you so won't be surprised to... when you hear it. Yeah. Well, and so you won't be afraid. Exactly. Like the idea, it, like we would go into the gym, right? Because that was where, he, and the whole school, 
we had small schools then and the mm -hmm. whole school would be in the gym this is in public school right i'm this is elementary school i would have been in grade oh lordy lordy i i can't remember grade seven i guess yeah seven or eight at that time no six five five not relevant seven. what grade you were in no 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 but i was in. not an important part of the story you know and so we got all of these things and and it was, you know, the Russian threat. Yeah. Now, it is, <clears throat> and that's not what started us sort of, or started me wanting to talk about it. It was thinking about sort of this idea of terror and fear that is being created. Like somebody said to me, well, yes, there are a lot of people, there are people who disagree in Russia with this, if they even knew it was going on, but there are people who protest. But you protest, everything is controlled by Putin. You protest, you end up in jail. You yep. end up beaten. You end up whatever, right? Tear gas. Oh, you yeah. cannot pro protest. No, they have no freedom to protest. They have no freedom of speech of any kind. Like it's literally illegal now to write a news article there saying that there's a war happening. Yeah. Or an invasion happening. Yeah, that's All why they don't say know. Is that Russia is doing a special military operation uh, on its western border. Like that's literally all you're allowed to say on and television, all I can the say, newspaper, everything. There have to be dead bodies coming home from Russian oh, dead bodies yeah. coming home because yep. it's not just Ukrainians getting killed. Oh, it's more Russians than Ukrainians getting killed right now. So it's anyway. much harder to invade a place than it is to defend a place. Well, yeah, that's true. That's just always true. That's, that's, uh, that is a universal truism of war, is that it's easier to defend than it is to attack. And the other, the other thing, and I mean, at the beginning, they were talking, yeah, if, if this went on, this is going to be what they say is going to be a war of attrition. Yeah. And this is going to be Russia's or Putin's Vietnam. Yeah. I mean, if he tries to keep it up, sure. If he tries I mean, to this up, uh, and unless... the problem is, it's like you're draining your resources every day. You have to have these guys there because it's like the old saying that like they got what 150,000 troops. That's a lot of troops. Apparently, and what you got to remember is something like you need like for every day that a that a troop member is in the field, you need like 10 kilograms of goods to get to that field. 150,000 troops, 10 kilograms a day. I mean, that's one point, I mean, unless my math sucks here, that's, you know, one and a half thousand tons of goods every day. Has to get to your Sorry, soldiers. 1.15 has so to get out eat. to your soldiers yeah. so that they can eat, so that they can drink, so that they can use latrines, so that they have bullets for their guns. Yeah. Like, that's... That logistically, that's incredibly difficult. Yeah, as the Americans found in Vietnam. <laughs> well, and as the British found out when they tried to invade them, when they tried to take back America. Like, this is always true. Yeah. Logistics are incredibly difficult to manage. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so it is, um, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, Putin is keeping himself as far away for any, from anybody. Yeah. But he possibly can, 
hence the long table that yeah, most ridiculously people, long table i know that most people have probably seen a picture of oh god particularly where he was sitting with macron but he sits at that long table at one end and yep. with his military officers they sit at the other end it's like yep. say what oh he's paranoid um, like he is he is full-on he has worried that people are going to just murder him now well it's it's the you know it's the Bunker mentality, as they call it. I mean, yeah. it's not like Hitler's generals. I mean, they tried to assassinate him more than once. Yep. Not that it. Go watch. It didn't what take. Was it called? Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Go watch Valkyrie. That's a good Excellent movie. Little piece. Yeah. You know. Well, we don't about, like Brian Singer here, but it's a good movie, and yeah. it's how uh, Tom Cruise met Christopher McQuarrie. Who has proven to be like the most important creative partnership of Tom Cruise's life? So yeah. you know, there's there's I mean, a good part of that movie, even if it was directed by David Singer. Yeah, and as I as I talk uh, when I talk about you know because I'm having to talk to people obviously and try to explain and I'm going what you are looking at. I said is a man who wants to be Peter the Great. Yeah, a man who wants to be Napoleon. A man who yep. wants to be Stalin again. Because yes. Stalin had to be the hero of his childhood. Of course. Like he was <laughs> like he, he grew up in the Russian education system and he joined the KGB the first chance he could. Of course has Stalin was his hero. Yeah, Nineteen fifty two he was born. He's only yeah. sixty-nine. Yeah. Not old. You know, no. uh, in that's in that sense. No, he's not super old or anything. He's not he's not like Donald Trump where he's like what, 75, 76? Or Biden, who's what? Biden, who's 77, 78, something like that. Like, Joe, don't run in 2024. America doesn't need an 82-year-old president. And well, we're not we going to vote for an 82-year-old president. No, what they need is to find somebody who's going to... So, we're, And we're not here to talk about American politics no, right now. That's not. so depressing that you just don't... We don't even do that anymore. It's just... No, America... You know, yeah. It's, Again, it's well, not, as we said on yesterday's podcast, all of this, you know, crowing about how, uh, how you know, it was inevitable that uh, Cuba would become democratic again. And instead yeah. what happened is America's turning into a fascist state that's going to have a civil war. Yeah, you know, I mean, thirty I'm years later, I'm Cuba's just motoring along just fine. Yeah. Thank you very yeah. much. It's um, it is um, it it is interesting. I think yeah. that certainly Putin did not expect. I mean, no, NATO has all of a sudden become stronger. Germany yeah. doubled its defense spending budget. Yeah, I would assume Canada is going to up its defense. We have we are sending double the number of troops. Into oh, yeah. Latvia, I guess it is. Yep. We have our. Well, I think the thing that fascinates me about all this is like, and I mean, I don't want to talk too much about American politics because you're right; it's not the the big part of this. But it is fascinating that we now essentially know, basically, we have a sense of what Putin was talking to Trump about in those secret meetings, which was yeah. you get yeah, uh, and he was giving him his marching yeah. orders, which is you pull America out of NATO. And obviously Trump was told by his people that, you know, you'll, if you try to pull, A, if you announce you're pulling out of NATO, it takes like two years contractually to pull out of NATO. 
once yeah. you've announced it. Like there's some, there's some time limit on it. And if you announce you're doing it before the election, you sure as hell aren't going to get reelected. So obviously well, someone told him that, and so he told Putin, I'll do it after I get reelected, and then he didn't get reelected. Yeah. I mean, and this is John Bolton. Yeah, John Bolton saying it. It's John Bolton who came out with this particular piece of information. Yeah. That, that basically Putin and Trump had a deal, and if, and if Putin, and Putin was going to push off invading Ukraine. Until, until America left NATO. Until America had left NATO. And then that didn't end up happening. And then, you know, so Putin did his best to help Donald Trump get elected. He didn't make it. So he went into Ukraine anyway. I mean, he didn't even, he was supposed to, he told the Chinese he was going to go into Ukraine. Yeah. Apparently. I'm always going to put apparently. Yeah. We don't have, we don't have a bunch of confirmation. I mean, at a certain point. There is some confirmation. Well, no, we're trusting the CIA at this point and we're trusting (laughs) MI6 at this point. And I, I never really want to do that given my feelings about the CIA, but it's not like they're terrible at their jobs, you know? No. And we love, we love MI6. So what can we we do? Love. We do love our MI6. But that's but that's propaganda. That's cultural propaganda. Well, that's what James <laughs> Bond works for. He works for MI6 and it's propaganda. Well, and no, and we watch spooks. Spooks, same thing. Like it's it's even, propaganda. Even with all of their because those guys were the good guys, the corruption was in the politics. Exactly. The, right? the functionaries it's, were just guys turned to their job and they yeah. were just surrounded by all of these politicians trying to use them for evil purposes. Yes. You know, and, but I mean, then we get into, and that, but I mean, there is an extent to which that might be a beautiful fantasy too. Like when you start hearing stories about Alan Dulles and it's like, was Alan Dulles when he ran the CIA ever working for the United States government? Or was he just working for the ultra powerful law firm, you know, (laughs) that his family ran that was just all about making deals in these horrible giant international deals and frigging, you know, giant, uh, yeah. who's the guy I'm looking for? Um, oh God, uh, uh, Machiavellian power games, you know? Well, yes. And I mean, this is why Dwight D. Eisenhower said that you should get rid of it all. Yeah. But the mili- you can't have the military warned. industrial complex. You warned against the yeah. What show. I was just watching some show. Um, oh, I know it was the one about, um, the cold war in Berlin, spy game, spy city, spy game, whatever it's called. And they actually have, um, uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower giving that particular portion of his speech warning about the military industrial complex. Um, and the thing is, is that the problem with Ukraine and with Russia is Russia is now bringing back all of the things that we thought we had left behind. Putin yep. is bringing back all of these fears and all of this stuff. It is not like, you know, I mean, what do you what do you do? People are, you know, people are going, "No, no, you can't make deals with Venice." Like I I've, I've heard this. Well, you know, they're worried about making deals with Venezuela. You know, uh, Venezuela because of their human rights violations. Well, you're, you're making you you buy oil from Saudi Arabia. Yeah, they cut yeah. off people's heads. 
you know? I it's mean, illegal. Yeah. To, like, you'll be murdered right. for being gay in Saudi Arabia. But what about and Russia? You were buying oil Russia? from Russia. Exactly. You're buying oil from Russia. You think China's great at human rights? Jesus, you know, it, like, like the only your only problem with Venezuela is that they don't like capitalism. Yeah. yeah well, and somehow well, that's a greater sin than murdering gay people. Jesus. You well, wonder yes. who's really in charge. Spoiler alert, it's the bankers. Yeah. Well, and Bolsonaro. Like I, I had to listen to somebody telling me about Venezuela and their attempt to take back part to take parts of that that here's 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 the line. Okay. Yeah. Here was the line, and I would assume this comes out of, so this would be out of Brazil. Misin okay. Like, you're talking about misinformation here. We are. Or specious information. Yep. Like, I don't know exactly what's going on there because I haven't looked into it. But, you know, no, no, no. Venezuela has made a deal with Putin, and if he can take Ukraine, then Venezuela is going to be able to take all of these parts of Brazil. Oh. And I'm going, so where are you getting this information? Well, of course, from Brazilian papers and Brazilian. Yes. Oh, you mean the fascist? Bolsonaro? <laughs> the fascist. Bolsonaro is, is calling um, yeah. Venezuela. Yeah. You know, uh, talk about the pot, pot, pot calling, calling the kettle, the kettle black. black. Yeah, exactly. Jesus Murphy. It's Bolsonaro. He's an open Nazi. You know. Like, He's literally a supporter of the fascist military junta that ran Brazil. Yeah, and he's and like, the only mistake they made was not murdering more leftists. Yeah, no, let's trust what he has to say about Venezuela. Yeah, it, and, and this business of people still thinking that Russian, it, Russia is a communist country. It oh isn't. God, it, it hasn't been a it communist country been... in ages and ages and ages. Decades. Decades. Yes. It's been decades. We're, we're pushing 35 years since they, but it's like, when did, I mean, it's not even the fall of the Berlin Wall and the breakup Soviet Union. No. They started market reforms and capitalize and bringing capital rules to Russia in the 80s. Yeah. Like, yeah. so yeah, we're closing in on 40 years since they've been even nominally communist. And McDonald's pulled out. <laughs> I know. No, I mean, seriously, I, I, I'm sitting no, there. Like I said, I mean, uh, I talked about how uh, it is definitive, how neoliberalism has definitively been disproven. And then the next day after I say that, McDonald's pulls out. Yeah, and, and, and they owned, the McDonald's company owned the, all most those, yeah. of those. It was not a franchise business in Russia. Nope. Whereas Starbucks had, as they said, they have more problems. Yeah. They're not shipping anything to Russia, but they can't because it's a franchisee. The franchisee. They can't cut them off. Yeah, I know. I understand. Well, they cut them off. Well, they're not From shipping the beans. And, they're not shipping them the beans anymore, but it's not like they own the land. Yeah, they don't own the property. They don't own the land. They don't. The franchisee yeah. does, and they just kick back to Starbucks. Yeah. Or Starbucks say. <laughs> Starbucks -y. And then I, I love the Putin's response. Oh, the the economic war that we're gonna. If you want to say you won't do business with us, we're just gonna seize all your companies and do the business ourselves. And everyone's response is, Yeah, okay, that's fine. That's fine. We're pulling out. 
Like, we don't want to be doing business in Russia. If you want to take that empty building and do your own fake McDonald's, who the hell cares? Yeah. You know? You think anybody's going to lose sleep over that at McDonald's corporate headquarters? No, well, Pepsi pulled out. Exactly. Like, it's, you know, they're they, fleeing they, for the hills. And that means that all of these people, you know, and then, you know, and then somebody says, well, yeah, but then it's all these innocent people who are losing their jobs and everything else. Well, they, you know, yeah. they believe the crap that they're getting. So, yeah. I mean, it's like the if they, the, the point is, well, here's something to remind you. And it's like, uh, as they say, uh, any country, you know, any country is like uh, five missed meals away from a revolution. You know? Yeah. <laughs> is the old saying, like, if you guys all just stopped going to work, you could be rid of Putin inside of a week. Yes. So maybe think about doing that. Well, the thing is, right? And it's not like they have forgot. Well, I guess maybe. No, no, because that's the funny thing is, is that in Russia, they have that under Putin's education system, they yeah. have been starting to rehabilitate the czar. Of course. Because Putin sees himself as a, you know, an emperor yeah, for life. But here, okay. But this is the inter that's the interesting thing. So anybody who wants to say that they're a communist country, and you hear this, right? I'm yeah. sure Fox News still thinks, I don't no, know. No, no, they're Fox openly pro-Putin now. So they're oh, not going to call him communist. Well, what the hell is Murdoch doing? He's an asshole. But I don't anyway, know. Yeah, no. we've always known that, so. Yeah, it's um, not news. No. So, but what happens, right, is that, is that you start to rehabilitate the czar. The czar wasn't that bad. Are you out of your mind? I know. Like, I'm not in favor of all of his daughters getting shot to death in a basement. No. But the czar wasn't a great guy. Oh, okay. And, and here's the, the cultural part. If you want to, and this is difficult to sort of follow. Okay. Uh, I I'm, I'm excited to see where this is going. No, no. I'm talking about there is the British did, the BBC did this wonderful thing called the Fall of the Eagles. Okay. Right? Which follows Austria. Yeah. Russia. And, of course, Russia. Yeah. Ger Germany. The, the Germany. Right? But mm -hmm. Austria, Russia, the... the royal families of those three countries right and of course their interaction with britain because they all intermarried yeah of course right british and royal family like they ran out of kings and so they imported a bunch of germans who were related to them and those are the windsors mm -hmm. like that's that's just a fact you know they're all intermarried yeah. and queen queen victoria's daughter victoria everyone uh, Harry, ev by the way just for the record Every single like head of state who fought in World War One was one of Gr Queen Victoria's grandchildren. Yeah, like, that's all, just a fact. They were all interrelated. Yeah, every right. single one. And so you know, and but if you want to follow, and and it's all historically based, and you see yeah. Bismarck, and you see the problems with William William because he was born with a withered arm. 
like something went wrong. Kaiser Wilhelm with his j famous jacked up arm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it happened in childbirth. Oh yeah. It was like they tried to pull him out with forceps and they severed nerves in his arm and then he is, yeah. his arm never worked the rest of his life. Yeah. And his father died. It, it, things would have been different if his father hadn't died so quickly and he became then the regent. Right. Yeah. Uh, very soon after he became king. And, um, so all of a sudden you had this this little kid with all of his own problems. <laughs> a psychological lot issues. of problems. Yeah, psychological issues. But anyway, um, so you can follow all of this. The only thing that I would say, if you don't know the history, watching it, right, um, is sometimes you'd have to watch it probably more than once to follow it. Or you're going to have to get a book to see who's who yeah, do some because reading remember, to keep track of all these people yeah they're all they're all related yeah like the russians yes we can figure out who rasputin is and you will be happy to know that um jean-luc picard plays lenin oh nice perfect casting so, yeah so you follow right like you follow the you know the that part of the story as well the revolution and them being allowed to take a train through Germany eventually, but mm -hmm. they can't get off the train and they're in Switzerland at one point. I mean, and this tells you something that Switzerland has is no longer neutral. Yeah, Switzerland has been neutral for literally hundreds of years and it takes Putin attacking <laughs> Ukraine to make them pick a side. Pick a side, yeah. Switzerland. Yeah. So, you know, because um, nobody wants Russia coming barreling anywhere near them is what nope. it is. I mean, Hungary's got to be afraid. Romania's got to be afraid. Of course. Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Czechoslovakia, well, Slovakia. Yep. What? And the Czech Republic. German back? You think the Pol Poles want to be, want to be yep. invaded again? Nope. And take what happened to them last over? time? And taken over by by Russians, not on your life. Mm -hmm. So they're all. I mean, this is what has brought them all together. The enemy, the enemy, has brought them together. We may have disagreements among ourselves. Well, I just love that Poland us. has spent so much of its history getting invaded. Yeah, they are the most like pro liberty people on earth. Uh, like. Or at least historically had been. I mean, my, I've got my problems with their modern, you know, right-wing extremist Christian dictatorship. <coughs> but uh, I just, I heard the funniest story, yeah. which was um, they sent Polish mercenaries. The French sent Polish mercenaries to try and uh, reconquer Haiti during the slave revolt and the revolution. And when the Poles found out that they were there to, to fight to reinstitute slavery... They switched sides. Because <laughs> they're like, we're Poland. We don't put up with that kind of crap. Well, I mean, there it, yeah. it, is, it is fascinating. And this should, it's funny thing is, is that it has, there are more people who are starting to look at, like trying to understand the history. Yeah. And, well, I was never really interested in history. And now I've started reading some of this stuff. Right? Yeah. Like, well, it's about time. Well, and I mean, it, there's a big loss that that when we sort of don't cease teach to make this kind history, of history, yeah. just history period in mm -hmm. in the elementary and the secondary schools, 
And yep. even in Canada, we're guilty to some extent of this. Oh, absolutely. Re replace it. You know, it's just no, no, no. You know, you don't have to. What What do you have to take? One year of history in high school or something? Something like days? that. Yeah. You know, these days it's just and. Um, and just so like... that you have teachers who know nothing about history anymore. Yep. And they're they're trying to explain things to these children. Well, no, you don't don't understand it. Um, it's going to be interesting when I go back in uh, in September to start doing my um, ancient courses again. Yeah. Because you know, I mean, this well, is well the historical context for all of this. Yeah. And this is colonization. I mean, Putin doesn't won't call it that. And nobody wants to call it, but it's colonization. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what he's doing. Um, except all these, what he wants is to colonize them and make them Russian again. Mm -hmm. But they were never Russian and they never wanted to be Russian. They were just forced to be Russian. Well, an interesting thing that people, uh, like the historical context, like Ukraine has been fought over for, you know, thousand, more than a thousand years because, and this is just a weird quirk of fate and geography and history, Ukraine has the greatest farmland in Eastern Europe. Yeah. And always has. It has been the breadbasket of empires for a thousand years. Like, if you needed a whole lot of food to be able to feed your troops and feed your people as you moved around, it was better if you controlled Ukraine. That's why Germany desperately wanted Ukraine. That's why, you know, Napoleon desperately wanted Ukraine. That's why as far back as you want to go, people were always obsessed with taking over Ukraine because it is the easiest land to farm and the most productive land to grow. Well, and the thing, the thing about that, as I said, and that's equivalent to Egypt. Yeah, same Egypt exactly. was the breadbasket of the Mediterranean. Yep. Yeah. So. And so you always had these wars over... Well, who controlled the source of all the food we need? Yeah. Uh, you know? um, it has just yeah. been an in, like, integral part of the story of this country since literally, I'd say time immemorial, but we do actually have records. Yeah, we do have records. <laughs> we do actually, I mean, here's actually, the thing, yes. Time immemorial is just a fun thing to say. Because all of the stuff, all of the stuff north of Rome, right, was, was very different. It was not, um, it, it was a lot of tribes and groups and things like that, as opposed to states. And yeah. Anyway, you know, the end of the Roman, but over the last easily thousand, even more than thousand years, because the Christians moved into those areas and converted mm -hmm. them. That's why they're Orthodox. Yeah. As opposed to Roman in terms of their, their, their religious belief, the Russian Orthodox, you've got, the yeah, Greek the Eastern Church. But all the Eastern churches, they're all part of the Eastern churches, which means they don't have a Pope. They have their own patriarch in their own belief yeah. system. They don't have this overarching Pope. Yeah, they don't have, you know, some guy in Rome calling the shots for everybody. Yeah, there's, you know, you have a Russian patriarch, you have a Ukrainian patriarch, you have a oh, yeah. patriarch, and they all have relatively similar rights and they differ from Rome. And that's the shift was made about a th now 1200 years ago mm -hmm. when they broke away 1600 years ago. I mean, and I want to remind everybody and they are all characterized by their amazing hats. <laughs> yeah. 
they're amazing hats. And actually, they're... You, th they're you think the Pope has a great hat? You ain't seen nothing yet, baby. Go check out the patriarchs of the Eastern churches. These dudes know how to dress. <laughs> they don't know what finery is in Rome. Uh, I tell you, it, it is... Um, it is inter it is interesting, but it, and but this is getting us away. We're almost talking about stuff not to talk about the horror that's going on. Well, no, I mean I just in Ukraine. Well, no, and I right, mean it's difficult because there's there's only so much we can say about the military horrors that are happening right now yeah. because that is far that is like our expertise is within the cultural stuff and is within the religious front and is within the history. Like, and the fact is. We, we talk about all of this freewheeling stuff, right? Because we want to, like, remind you that there is this ancient and unique history and culture. And what colonialism tries to do, and this is what American colonialism has done around the world, and it's what Russian colonialism is trying to do right now, is flatten all of that out. Yeah. And they want yeah. to create a new history, and they want to force all of these people to pretend that like history starts the day Putin shows up and takes over your country. But that's just not true. You know, that's, that's not what history is. The Ukrainian culture is its own and it is unique. And it is not like to say that it is historically a part of Russia is like to deny, is to like create this insane idea where Russia is this thing that has this endless period. It's like saying, that Korea is part is is like the people who say Korea is historically a part of China. No, it's not. No, it never was. It never was. Now that that they believed that, I mean, this is, I mean, that's the interesting thing about Korea, right? That was yeah. one of the reasons when uh, Chosun, um, yeah. who created the Hangul um, alphabet, right? Yeah, because he needed to differentiate. Well, what it's a different culture. It's a different language. We should not be using Chinese. Well, yes. And the, he wanted the people who spoke regular because the upper classes all spoke Chinese. It's just like the upper classes all spoke French at one time, right? Oh, of course. They yeah. could talk to one another in French because that yeah, was Because everybody language. across Europe all spoke French. Okay, that was whether the you were Whether you lived in Spain or England, everybody spoke French, the lingua franca of the time. That's why the term lingua franca exists. Yes, it was Greek at one point in the Mediterranean in the ancient world. Now we it's have English. that term exactly. English is That's the why we have language. that term for the concept of lingua yeah. franca, the thing that everybody speaks. Yeah. So, well, I've just opened up my sort of CNN uh, dashboard. Of course, Russia. Russia warned America that it would fire on weapons shipments to Ukraine, raising the risk of direct confrontation between Moscow and a NATO country. Well, of course, they'll fire on weapons. And that's weapons. it. Well, if Russia starts it, as far as yeah, I Yeah, but the thing is, like, NATO is going to pull a bunch of nonsense. Like, I'm sure that they will ship, like, not have the military ship weapons. You know, like, the, the extent, I don't think it is, uh, I, I, I don't think it is, we can underestimate the extent that you that the they will go to to avoid a shooting war with Russia. Um, and so if that means having like mercenaries moving these weapons around, 
they'll just hire mercenaries to move these weapons around. Well, okay, there are two things that I want to say. Number one, please. Okay, first of all, Russia is now uh, trying to get mercenaries from the Middle East to come to Russia to fight. That's number one. That that is a situation. Number Mm -hmm. two is that a new mayor has been appointed in Melitopol. They arrested the Ukrainian city's elected mayor. Of course. Right? And they've put in a Russian mayor. Of Of course. Right? Uh, Vichy all over again. Oh, yeah. Because you have to say, they invited us in. You have to be able to say you invited us in. And so you have quizlings whose job it is to say, I invite you in. Quizzling equaling traitor. Yes. A quizzling is the functionary who works for the, uh, is the functionary who runs things for, like, for the, for the invaders. Power. Yeah. 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 The guy who is nominally a guy who's from and lives in that area, but really he is the guy who's the functionary keeping the wheels of government turning for the invaders. That's what a quizzling okay. is. Okay. Okay. Now, NATO. Is okay. there a guy named Quizzling? Yes, that, there, was. That, there was a okay. There was a guy actually named. Yeah, Quizzling. that's why, and it just became yeah. he became. Yes, the default term for it. I understand. Yeah. Now, you know, just like clean. I that. just couldn't remember if it was a place or a dude. You know. Yeah. Anyway, but it's no, a, no, it's no, a, it was a dude. Okay. Thank you. And um, <laughs> so anyway, so you've got like you're saying that they won't. I'm not as convinced if Russia. The, the mood in Europe yeah. right now is such that I'm not sure if Russia goes beyond what they're doing that... They won't start shooting down because, Russian planes but and bombing if NATO, targets. If NATO does come into this, they will bomb the hell out of Russia. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean... They will just target because they've got them all targeted already anyway. Of course, they will flatten Russia. And they will just flatten Russia because NATO can do it. It's not just the Americans and and people want to think it's the Americans, but it's not. No, and I I concur with you on that front. I just... If they ever decide to do it, Russia is lost. And I'm sure they even know where Putin is hunkered down. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Um, and you're absolutely right. Uh, but my feeling is, and again, I could be wrong about this. My feeling is that what they're going to do is that they're just going to be hiring mercenaries to move all of these goods. So if the truck gets shot at, if the plane gets shot down, they're going to say, well, too bad for those mercenaries, but it's not like they're fighting Poland. They're just fighting a bunch of mercenaries, whole Poland hired to do it. It's like, you, you might be right. But there is no situation under which I think they're going to fire the first shot. And if it means sacrificing lives to ensure that no first shot is fired against NATO troops, I think they would be willing to do that. You might be right. I might be right. But I don't we're going to find out soon enough. Yeah. And I don't want, like, I really don't want to know. This, this terrifies yeah. me. But Russia. It is horrifying. I agree. That, and, and the problem is, is that Putin just literally, I guess, can't believe. And when you have a crazy man, right, who was, who everything that he believed was going to happen has fallen by the wayside. Yeah. Right? And this is what happened with Hitler, right? It did the same thing, right? They just go crazy. Yeah. And I'm going, 
okay, so you really do think this is, he can't step back. No, he doesn't have an off-ramp. He doesn't know how to unwind any of it. He doesn't, uh, where's his off-ramp? Yeah. Like, I, I can't see an off-ramp for Vladimir Putin except total capitulation. Yeah. Supposedly, he has 93% of his forces in Ukraine. Okay, that's an insane amount. Supposedly, and they are not doing well. No. Like, if you, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it, it is just, it's, it's insane when you look at the map. Yeah. How badly this invasion is going for them. How they've got that giant supply convoy that's 40 miles long. Yeah. Just, just sitting in the mud. You know, this it, the first thing I thought when I thought I saw. Well, actually, the fun fact: you don't have to blow up the convoy because that that convoy is just food and gasoline. And the weird part is, it's it's actually it's strategically a good idea to leave it there so that you can blow up the people who try and access the convoy. Because if the convoy can't move, people have to go to the convoy to get the food, and them traveling to the convoy opens up holes in their lines. So it's actually strategically not a terrible idea to leave all of the food and gas in one place because now you know where all of your enemies, like the direction they're going to have to be traveling in to get resupplies. So you can ambush them when they try to do that. Like that's, it's not a bad idea to just let that convoy sit there, sit in the mud. Yeah. Well, I'm looking, I'm looking at this map of Ukraine. Yeah. And I'm going, well, you see, when Canada became Canada, we put our capital, it was originally in Kingston, right on the border yep. with the U.S. Then the U.S. And then decided, the U.S. <laughs> tried to take over Ukraine. our country. So we moved, we moved our capital. Yep. You know, now at the time it was way the hell in the middle of nowhere, right? Now, not so much. No, not so much. Okay. But at the time it was. And I'm oh, it was a bitch Kiev. to get to Ottawa back then. Absolutely. I'm looking at Kiev, right? Yeah. Well, it was easy, much easier to defend. And oh, absolutely. Kiev is so close to the Russian border. Yeah. And so close to Chernobyl. Like, they should have moved it into the western part, closer to Poland. Yeah, that would have been ideal, but... They didn't, so... They didn't, so now here we are. So people are moving into mostly Poland, Slovakia, some people, Hungary. I don't know if too many, because the mountains, the Carpathian Mountains are there, eh? Of course. Uh, Romania, Moldavia, Moldova, excuse me. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm, I'm just looking at this map. And um, uh, so you've got Crimea and you've got that Luhansk and Donetsk. Those, that area. Yeah, thank you. Luhansk is the one I couldn't remember. Yeah, by... Uh, Where Russian all the Russian-speaking people live, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, so what? You know, he's gonna... What's his off-ramp? I, I, I want you to let me keep Crimea and Luhansk and Donetsk. I think that is his off-ramp. That's his I only off-ramp? That's his only off-ramp, yeah. Okay, we'll stop if... Yeah, you if you give us this new land. And the question is, are they going to accept that? Yeah. I would love it if they would accept that tomorrow and just let this war end. Well, no, and then if Putin Vladimir, can go home. I don't think Vladimir thinks that he's lost the war yet. 
No. I mean, no, he doesn't. I, I'm looking at this, right? And, and, and I'm looking at the advances. I mean, most of the Western part of, they haven't gotten anywhere near. Yes, they control Chernobyl. Well, Chernobyl was completely shut down. Yeah. Like one is, what you know, the, the defective um, reactor. One reactor, it has been concretized. Yeah. And the other three were completely shut down. Mm-hmm. And I don't know because somebody said yes, but they still need electricity to to keep it from yeah, stopping melting and down. I'm going, yeah, I'm going, but they look as if they're completely dead. H- have they not taken the rods out of there? Anyway, I don't know for a fact. No, I don't know. Like this, and I still haven't. I thought I was going to look look it up, and then I forgot to look it up. So I'm yeah. not sure. I thought that that it was totally and completely gone, right? And it's really yeah. hard to know where the electricity is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people were talking within the first, you know, it, there are some things that come out and there's always going to be people who are going to try and take advantage of all of this. So, um, oh, absolutely. you know, but I'm just going, this is just terrible. And he just, he has terrorized, this is the point, right? Okay, so that gets us back to this idea of terror and terrorizing people mm-hmm. and controlling everything that they read, everything that they hear. Yeah. Um, you know, and so does it take, right? Does it take a monster to beat the monster? Well, that's the question. And I, I mean, don't want it to be so. Yeah. I want China to step up and tell Putin to stop. Yeah. That would be the cleanest result of this. Because, well, to be fair, I mean, I'm not saying China's our heroes here, because you're never going to hear me say that. But they did say they won't fix his planes. Yeah. That's that's not nothing. No. Like, it's it's not a huge separation from Russia and its plans, but... Not fixing his planes is actually a pretty big deal. So, oh, like, I didn't hear that. Oh yeah, no, they've refused to do any more maintenance, and they won't fix the planes anymore, and he won't be able to fly there to get assistance. So, yeah, China's—I mean—they're not taking a side, but they're also not helping Russia, and Russia well, is and kind of counting send, on that help. They did send almost uh, what was it? It was almost a million or a, a bunch of do? money to Ukraine. They sent a bunch of money that. to Ukraine. Yeah, that was. Wow. And I thought, geez, that sounds like a small amount of money. <laughs> oh, like you're China. You can't kick them a couple of billion dollars. But oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Okay. No, it's, it's this fascinating situation where literally the whole, like, the whole world is turning on Russia. Everybody is turning. Again, I know we said it a bunch, but it's it bears repeating. Cuba did not have Russia's back at the UN. No. Cuba. Did you ever think you would hear that? No. You never thought you would hear that Cuba didn't have Russia's back at the UN. But Cuba doesn't have Russia's back at the UN. Oh, China provided Ukraine with about 790,000 U.S. dollars in aid, humanitarian aid. Okay, so it's just humanitarian aid. But Uh, still, they're sending humanitarian aid. That's not nothing. No. You know? It's not nothing that they're sending humanitarian aid. 
Ill opposed so, like, sanctions, but yeah, I mean, it's a horrifying situation, and I'm not going to pretend it's not. There's not. I, I don't think there's a good way out of this for anybody. No. What I will say is, I am heartened by the way that the entirety of the world is like no one is okay that this is with this happening. Yeah. Like no one is saying, yeah, it's good that Russia's doing it. And basically almost nobody is even sitting on the sidelines. Well, you know what's weird? Please. Is places like Venezuela, there's when you look at the map of who voted, yeah. Like you have the abstentions, you have the five or six countries that supported, including yeah. Eritrea. <laughs> Eritrea. Uh, Syria, some Eritrea. Murderous dictator. So basically any place with a murderous, bloodthirsty dictator who buys helicopters from Russia. Sure. Those are the people who are supporting yeah. them at the U.S. But there was, there was a couple of places that yeah. didn't vote. There's no data. Yeah. Well, no, they, they abstained. No, no. They're oh, who not didn't even, even vote. Oh. If you look at the map, you've got yeah. about two or three places that are no data. Greenland wow. is one of them, and I'm going. Greenland is part of Denmark. Why know? is Greenland not vote? Like, why would they be voting? It's part of Denmark. Yeah, they're not a separate country. Yeah, um, but one of them, on I, the I think, was Venezuela. And so my students wow. were going through this with my map, right? And and I said, well, I said what that probably means is that the ambassador to the UN got sick that day and didn't show up. Yeah. I mean, that's the only explanation. If they've got no data, they've got no for, against, or... Yeah, that is weird. Or abstentions, right? So I'm going... Like, if... I mean, the coup that Biden could pull off if he normalizes relations with Venezuela and starts buying Venezuelan oil and commits America to stop trying to do coups in Venezuela... Yeah. That that would be huge. Yeah. I mean, that would be gigantic. Like, that is something that, you know, no one could see coming and you'd have a hard time believing anybody could pull off. Yeah. So, yeah, like, that's that's something that I want to hear more about. Like, I want, I want things to go well for Venezuela for, like, once. You know? <laughs> yeah. That is what I would like to see happen. Venezuela to actually have a good day. For the first time in how many hundreds of years. Ugh. But yeah, it's it's tough being in South America. Because America decides it owns you all the time. There's no part of South America that America doesn't think it owns, you know? Okay, no, that's... The, the agony of being South American. I'm looking here. That's the first vote. I want the last vote. Okay. The first vote was... You need that? to keep talking if you want me yeah. to know things. <laughs> yes, okay, yes. I, I'm looking at the, the. I think this is the vote, the second vote. Okay. Right? Oh, yes. And, um, and yeah, so there are the neutrals, the green. Yeah, there's a couple of places. Yeah, no, all of these maps are kind of bizarre because okay. they're not all... Yeah, the neutral countries, it's, no, this is still the first vote. Why isn't, 
what day was the last vote? Yesterday was the fifth. Yeah. No, yesterday was the twelfth. So the vote the was on the fifth. So I need the March fifth vote. Maybe I can get a decent map in. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, yeah. like, and the point I want to go back to, right, is just that, like, this is a uniquely. I mean, again, I, I hate all of these casual racists. Like Prince William, for example, talking about how you don't expect to see this happening to white people. Um, oh, God. Thanks, thanks William. Going to be great when you're king. Well, he is he the just, one, isn't... Oh, no, it was Harry that wore the No, it was Harry that left, yeah. He, Harry's keeping his mouth shut about all of this. He's not an idiot. <laughs> no, but William has to be out there saying, well, you know, uh, it's, it's normal for people in Asia and Africa to have brutal invasions and wars, but, but we white people are supposed to be more evolved. You know, like, I mean, that's not literally what he said, but that's the subtext of everything he went out and said. Frigging racist idiot. Uh, Nazi, oh no, wait, that was the other one. It was, it was Harry who went to the Nazi uniform party. Well, uh, nobody but, ever said that these guys were, were the smartest well, no, they're not impressive dudes. They got they, people born with power tend not to be impressive dudes. Yeah. Okay. That's just a fact. Oh, I know. I think it was Ethiopia that was neutral and Kazakhstan. Oh no, there are no votes for Venezuela. Okay. No data for Venezuela, Kazakhstan, and I think that's Ethiopia. Yeah, so they just stayed home. Okay. Yeah, so as I said, everybody got sick that day. Everybody had a conveniently timed illness. Yeah, and there's a couple of To keep of them little... from having to vote against Russia or even abstain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't blame oh. them. And You're there's... not going to hear me blaming them. It's like the way their finances are tied in with Russia, yeah. I wouldn't want to piss them off either. But at the same time, you can't piss off the whole rest of the world by voting with them. So maybe you just take a, take a day off politics, you know? Well, it looks like I can only see yellow that voted. Oh, no, Belarus is considered a separate country. Okay. Of course it is. A one, two, Tech three. Legally a separate country. Four, five. So votes. while she's counting no, numbers. No, it's just that that's I'm going to, oh, no. Those, those five voted no. Yeah. And so it's, it's nobody. And let's face it. Again, I'm completely right that it's literally brutal dictator. The only way to keep a brutal dictatorship going in this day and age is if you own a bunch of helicopters. And Russia makes good helicopters. So if you're a brutal dictator who's getting their helicopters from Russia, you're going to vote to keep getting helicopters. And that's what they're doing. That's where Syria gets its helicopters. So, you know, boom, there you go. Yeah, well, Syria, North Korea, Syria, yeah, North Korea, Eritrea, Russia. And honestly, North Korea is doing it just on a principle. Yeah. Like, North Korea is a bunch of bad guys, and they'll always vote with the other bad guys. Well, you know what's funny about North Korea is they don't have to worry about invasion because China blocks Russia's, yeah. <laughs> Russia's yeah. entry into... Access to them. Access yeah. to them. And all the countries that are, are their north ends, they're all the ones like Mongolia, yeah. etc., that um, went neutral because, yep. after all... Russia's right on their, their, it's the old sleeping with an elephant analogy. Yeah, you don't want to make a noise lest the elephant roll over and crush you. Yes. When you, yeah. yeah. So, it's you know. The famous analogy. Yeah. Canadian they, analogy about the U.S. Very, 
Yeah, sleep was, very, very Pierre's. quietly. It was, yeah. It was Pierre's. You're sleeping next to an elephant, you know. Don't make a sound lest it rush, uh, yeah. roll over and crush you. Oh, Pierre Trudeau, you are a best prime minister. Uh, but anyway, the, the key thing that I wanted people to have the takeaway is that fundamentally, you know, at the end of the day, this really is just like what you are seeing now is what war used to look like. Yeah. Right. This is what war always has been, which is and it's like people haven't seen this in Europe since World War Two. But every war before that in Europe was exactly like this. Literally. Yeah. And there's there's no clean way to say this. so I'm just going to say it. One asshole in charge gets it into his head that yeah. he should just be he should own everything. And the way these systems of power are set up, there's nobody to say no to him. It's as simple yeah. as that. Because everyone's position in the hierarchy, everyone's money, everyone's safety, in one of their power exists only so long as the monarch likes them. Yes. You know, and that is the sum totality of how, like, countries are not governed based on who is the best at anything. They're governed based on who the monarch likes. Yeah. Like, literally, why did Spain fall to Napoleon? Because, like, the Queen's gigolo got made prime minister. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally true. The Queen's gigolo got, put, like, got made prime minister. She had a gay husband. She had a gigolo she liked. And she was like, oh, okay, you know what? I'm just going to, you're going to be prime minister so you can always be in town. And then Napoleon rolled in and killed everybody. Yeah. Just because they didn't have competent governance. Because when you have this system, this system of dictatorship, this system of monarchy, not monarchy in the sense of a literal king, but monarchy in the sense that all of the power literally comes from one person. Yeah. The entirety right, of the power is, is in one person's hand, it's not a stable way to run a system. No, it's because not. Because one person can't be good at everything. And the problem is, when you're not good at something, you can have real trouble judging who is good at it. Yeah. So you don't promote people because they're the best. You promote them because you think they're the best. And as a consequence, like, but the question is, what do you know about this area that makes you a good person to decide who's the best? I mean, how do you think, like, Dr. Ronnie almost got made Surgeon General of the United States? Because <laughs> he provided drugs to his president. <laughs> the president liked him because he gave him drugs and said he was the healthiest president in history. So he's like, I'll promote you. And by the way, like what you saw with Trump and Dr. Ronnie, that used to be how everything was run. Yeah. Flatter a king, get a good job. It's oh. like, why, why do you think monarchies are so, were always so decrepit and just on the, everything was on the verge of collapse? Because no one ever considered being good at a job the main qualification for getting that job. And they never do. And that's what's happening in Russia right now. Like, uh, everybody, 
Like, once you have this kind of gangster state, yeah. people, own, their only consideration is, how can I make the most money for myself personally? And so they bribe who they need to to get the job, and then they extract as much money as they can from the job they got, and they kick enough bribes upstairs to keep everybody happy. But, like, then when the job suddenly becomes important, everything like crumbles. <laughs> like in a war, everything crumbles really fast. It turns out you were, like... You know how you said you were going and buying more dehydrated food to give to the troops? Yeah, you just pocketed all that money, and now people are eating food from 2003. Yeah, it, it's terrible. Yeah, it's a nightmare. But that's what happens in this kind of corrupt dictatorship state. Yeah. It's all just a way for people to privately profit. Okay, so um, these are our thoughts on the war and the greater context of it. Yes, and we didn't talk a lot about ethical theory. No, we didn't as much as we want to because uh, that would get us pretty deep into um, why we think it's okay to murder bad people. <laughs> <laughs> and how at the end of the day, and I mean, it's like, because it, it's a bad thing for us to get into because it's weird to be pacifists, be against the death penalty, and at the same time be like, yeah, but sometimes a guy just has to go. Sometimes a guy just has to go, and Putin has to go. I mean, there's a rumor out there, eh, that he that he is in chemotherapy. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, but oh. everybody's just going, yeah, well, it's just a rumor, right? And I'm going, yeah. I, I And so I, I wouldn't give that the credence that I would that the head of the FSB yeah. has yeah. been... Um, detained. That wouldn't surprise me. No, me neither. Because Russia, because Putin is of the mindset, it's just like, I mean, we can see it in American politics with Donald Trump. So it's always somebody else's fault. Yep. Right? It can't be Putin's fault. So they didn't tell him the truth. Well, wait a sec. This wasn't, I mean, I grant you that that Lyndon Johnson was lied to. Oh, he was. By his generals. We know he was lied to by his That's generals. That's what the Pentagon papers were. That's what the Pentagon, and you can see it in the Pentagon papers. The yeah. military knew that things were falling apart in Vietnam, and they told Johnson, everything's just fine. Yep. We're, we're winning this. They're on the run. This will be over by Christmas. Yeah, you know, it was like First World War. It'll be over yep. by Christmas. That's the old. I don't know. I mean, obviously, Putin. Well, no, Putin. Yeah. Here, let me get. Let me have a final thought. Please. That goes back to trying to have an open society where you can argue about things and argue about interpretations and facts and everything else, right? And that there are different points of view and why I am so validly against censorship as much as I hate so many of the things that are coming out, um, okay, you have to have it because Putin is raised in Stalin's era. Yep. Putin has a very skewed understanding of history. I don't think he truly understands things like, well, it, it, <clears throat> because go back and listen to the Putin 
I don't know if you watched the, the Putin, Putin tapes. Tape. Of course I did. The Putin tapes straight through for yep. how many hours? It's like that? six hours or something, eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. It was really long. There was only four episodes and you can watch it. Yeah. It is available. Um, and um, just go and watch it and listen to him talk. And I'm going, yeah, that's the stuff you were learning in school, which is why it is whenever people like me scream about them pulling stuff out of history books because you don't want the truth. Why I talk about the myth of the Alamo and what the Alamo, what it really was, right? Yep. And why it's, it, it is such a shame that the myth, right, is the John Wayne Alamo is the one that is the big, wonderful film that everybody loves and everybody hated the one Ron that was Howard Alamo. to reality. Yep. That was the reality. And they didn't, the one with Lou Diamond Phillips, I think. No, with Tom, Tommy Lee Jones, I think. Tommy Lee Jones uh, and a bunch of people, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, where, where you see Jim Bowie as, as this addicted drunk. Yep, right? this and, violent drunk. Yeah, these horrible, horrible people that just accidentally got stuck there, like yep. Davy Crockett, you know? Yep, it's fascinating. Yeah, um, but anyway, I think that... Um, but the problem is, like, you learn, uh, you get, if when you learn these insane ahistorical things as a kid it sticks with you and you keep making decisions based on all of this bad information you were taught you no know, and people don't don't want to change it's it's like i can go back and look at things and i know that there are areas where i've had to on looking at a lot of things but it's why people don't understand sometimes why things are as bad as they are in some areas or as bad as they were and he, he, you know, I mean, God, let's talk about the, the famine, the, the Ukraine. Oh, you don't even want to talk to what happened to Ukraine in the 20s. Nope. And Russia, you know, you just go back and read this, the history books about Stalin. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm sure that that is not what is in the history books. That he learned from. That he learned from. And or, that modern day Russians are learning from. And that all he, all he, whenever he talks about how Ukraine was always part of Russia. No, it wasn't. Nope. It but just wasn't. That's just History factually inaccurate. This. Yes. It's factually, in, like it's a fact it is inaccurate. Not a, an interpretation. Yeah. No, like, uh, well, my favorite thing was uh, someone posted to Twitter. Here is this famous church in Kiev. Here are, here are paintings of it and photos of it and drawings of it and then photos of it going back a thousand years. Yeah. And now here over here is what Moscow has looked like for the past thousand years. And it's like empty farmland, empty forest, empty forest, empty forest, empty forest. And then finally they build a city in the well, yeah, it was just villages. 18th century. Yeah, it was just villages. Yeah. In the 18th century, it was yeah. Peter the Great who decided that everything that this is going to be the capital. Yeah. Yeah, you know, give me a break. And and yet what they have been taught is what Putin, listening to the Putin tapes gives you this, when you look at it from that perspective, like I'm listening to him. And of course he was telling Donald Trump all this stuff. Of course. Because that was the big thing, right? Yeah. 
that I'm listening to and going, oh, so this is where Donald Trump got his Gets understanding all of, his, of Russian history. His complete he lack of understanding of, of yeah, Russian yeah. history. Yeah. Because he would just be told, oh, no, it's always been our territory and we just want our territory back. Well, yeah. no, that's couldn't no. be further from the truth. Couldn't be further from the truth. And go watch The Fall of the Eagles if you just want to know how bad things were. Or if you like musicals, Go and watch Fiddler on the Roof if you want to see how bad Russia was <laughs> oh, under the Fiddler. czars. It's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful Fiddler movie. Fiddler on the Roof because you have the good part, but you have the historical stuff there, just oh, yeah. how bad it was under the czars. Well, and that's and the great why? part is like it's this wonderful family comedy and then also a really, really affecting story of oppression at the hands of the czars. Yeah, and you have the youngest daughter going off to join the right, you know, I mean, she's staying in Russia. The family moves to the United States. They stay yep. in Russia and she stays in Russia to fight, mm -hmm. you know, because she's joined this new socialist, whatever, right? The socialist revolution. The socialist the revolution. The Reds. She's married. She, she's married a guy and she's working on these farms. And yeah, it's, uh, it's so a fascinating it story. All right. Okay. So uh, that is advice. our quick take. As we find out more, don't be surprised if you hear more from us talking about Ukraine going forward because it is a, it is a terrible situation and we want to encourage everyone, do whatever you can to help. If you And I mean, we know uh, that everybody's money is short. We're trapped in late stage capitalism and everybody is being scammed out of any of their money, all of their money, all of the time. I get that. But I've sent money to Ukrainian charities if you can send money to the uh, the relief organizations, you should absolutely. And the one of the big things to do is don't complain about the high gas prices. Just don't. Yeah. Drive less. You know, carpool when you can. Drive less. Every time you complain against uh, high gas prices, you're doing exactly what the fascists want you to do. Okay. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and so no, the Red Cross. Doctors Without Borders. Yep. Um, and there are direct aid organizations who are like just carrying food and medicine and support things right into Ukraine right now. Apparently, you can send money to Ukraine through China. I didn't know that. Apparently. I I, I didn't read a, a thing, but it, 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 you can get your bank to send it to China and China can send it to Ukraine. Because China has not <coughs> is not yet done the massive sanctions against Russia, right? Well, then, do you mean sending money to Russia? No, because you said to, to Ukraine. Ukraine. But no, why would Ukraine. we have trouble sending to Ukraine if Russia is the one that have the sanctions? Yeah, I don't know. All right, so that's some, why some, I'm yeah. going. It's it's just a weird thing, and I'm going. Yeah, I don't know why you would do that. It's a weird way to handle but, it. Anyway, there are many, many reputable organizations. Sheila's probably going to put Sheila's probably going to put a link uh, to the Red Cross's Ukraine in the description of this video. I'm going to remind her to do that. And uh, yeah, we will see you back here next week for something a lot more chill. Uh, Vincenzo and more wise guy. Oh yes, and and the th the thing about it is that if we. Um, in Canada, if you send it to Red Cross Ukraine, Canada, the government of Canada, of course, matches your donation.
Yeah, that is a good way if you're a Canadian citizen. Absolutely do it that way. All right, so we'll see you back here for more. But until then, I'm going to say au revoir. And have a good week, if you can. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.